Welcome to the Jennifer Hernandez RD podcast. This show is designed to help students and nutrition professionals make a positive difference through personal and professional development. Well, I am on right now with Julie Robarts, and she is the Dietetic Internship Coordinator at the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Hi, Julie. How are you today? I'm great, Jen. Thank you for having me on. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. So, Julie, your program is what's considered a freestanding dietetic internship. Can you explain that? Um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, um, as you and I were just talking offline, there's so many different options for interns when they're thinking about internships. And a freestanding program is often, not always, but often based in a hospital, and it's freestanding in that we're not connected to an academic center. You know, the interns aren't typically taking classes or earning credits or earning a master's degree. They are our interns. They don't belong to a different program and just rotate into our facility, Um, and they come from all over the country, not just one region. Okay, great, and I didn't prep you for this question, but I'm just curious are the 2024 guidelines for having to have a master's to sit for the RD exam going to change anything about your admissions or your acceptance of students into your program? Uh, that's actually a great question and a fair question for any freestanding program. We are actually, we've been looking at the 2024 you know, time marker for a long time and we are still trying to figure out what is the best way for us to proceed. I don't think that anyone believes that it's a good idea to do your internship and then wait two years to take the exam while you earn your master's degree. So, you know, there's many options that freestanding programs, hospital-based programs can do. They can partner with an academic institution. They can limit their applications to people who already have master's degrees or will be working on master's degrees. But we haven't really decided what is going to be the best turn of events for us. Um, I think for many programs like us, there's going to be a period of time of several years where we're transitioning into a new reality, and then eventually, maybe, we'll only take master's students, but we we still are very much in a wait-and-see mode. Yeah, I came uh, prior to my current job from a freestanding dietetic internship that was based out of the county department of public health. And we were having those same considerations. And I agree, we did not want to have people wait two years before sitting for the RD exam. But it is just such a challenge for those freestanding internships. You know, they've made it nice to where you have so many options of how you can do it. And Ascend and CDR are not telling you what you have to do, but just in the best interest of the students trying to figure out how to coordinate that whole change. Right. And I think the good news for students is that they're right. They have a lot of options now. We are getting some really high quality applicants who opted to finish their DPD, their bachelor's program, and get work experience for a year so that that made them a stronger applicant for our program. Or they went ahead and did a master's degree and got some relevant work experience while they were earning their master's degree. And they come to us with a deeper education as well as work experience. So uh, all of these future education model programs and the MSDIs and the distance programs and the freestanding programs all offer something that's a little bit different. So students have options. Yeah. 
So since you're a hospital-based freestanding dietetic internship, what do you look for in successful applicants? So this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, and I'm trying to guide potential applicants and students all the time along these lines, no matter where they're applying. But the bottom line is what directors want, what DI directors want is happy interns. And the happiest interns are in a program that is well-matched to their interests and their goals. So applicants really need to know what their goals are. And, you know, it's okay to not know exactly what you want to do in your early years as a dietitian, but because dietetics is such a hugely broad field, you have to have a general sense of what you're interested in and what you want to do. Like, are you going to go the nutrition therapy route, or are you more into the, you know, management and food service side of things? Do you want to completely break free of traditional paths and, you know, hit the corporate world or be a writer or... You know, do you want to open your private practice or, you know, a restaurant that focuses on low FODMAT foods or whatever you want to do, the program that you apply to has to really help you meet your goals. And programs, there's, I think, 259 accredited programs in the whole country right now, and they all have to choose an emphasis. And our emphasis is nutrition therapy with a lot of clinical in there whereas other programs might have a different emphasis. It might be community nutrition or something like that. So it's really, they need to be a good investigator of programs and really figure out which ones are going to help them meet their goals. So a strong, successful applicant has done that and can demonstrate that both through their personal statement to us as well as through their work experience that is relevant to what we are offering here. and so those, for us, those are some of our strongest applicants. Okay, great. And I feel like you answered the question of what advice do you have for applicants. <laughs> but do you have I any, probably did, yes. Do you have anything additional that you want to add to what you've already um, provided as super valuable advice for students? Yeah, so there's so many things to look at when you're looking at programs. And um, I always am advising students to really narrow down those 259 programs to a short list of programs where they have what you want, you'd be a competitive applicant for that program, and that is really important. I can't underscore that enough. If you have a really competitive GPA but no work experience, and one of those program's requirements is that you have to have relevant work experience, then you're not a strong applicant for that program. But uh, the intersection of programs where you're competitive, programs that have what you want, and programs where you know you would thrive, you know, a distance internship experience is very different from a freestanding program where you're you're more likely in a distance program to need to be really independent and self-motivated and organized and all that. So the atmosphere of the program, their focus, and your strength as an applicant are all things to consider when you're narrowing down that list of programs. Yeah, that's really great advice. So I'm going to ask you a question about your program specifically yeah. and then some kind of more general questions. But through that application process, um, students apply through DICAS, right? Yep. Okay. So you can only accept students who have completed a didactic program in dietetics or a DPD program and have that verification. And then you go through the DICAS, which is the Dietetic Internship Central Application Service, and participate in D&D Match. Yep. Okay. And do you interview, does your program interview applicants? We do not interview applicants. One of the reasons we don't is we really get an onslaught of applications. Our numbers are usually over 125. 
so it's very difficult in that short time frame from February 15th to March 31st to screen everybody and then still set aside time for, for interviews. So we rely really heavily on their personal statement and their references uh, as, and, and their work experience as a way for us to really narrow down those who we feel like are the strongest applicants for our program. Our program is really clinically focused. You know, we're talking 22 weeks of inpatient clinical, lots of nutrition support, lots of critically ill patients. So we're really looking for a specific type of intern with, with a nutrition therapy focus. Yeah, and that really underscores the importance of writing a good personal statement and choosing your references wisely. Yes, yes. If I have a reference writer who's a dietitian working in a clinical setting who could speak to that applicant's potential as a future dietitian and maybe, you know, have provided examples of them in the work setting, that's really valuable to us. And it's also good for students to know if the program interviews or not, because knowing that you don't interview, then students can rank you on their match list. But if you did interview and they didn't get an interview, then students should know that they're not going to make your rank list. Correct. um, But you don't interview. But since we don't do that, and it does say that right on our website, but sometimes they miss that little bullet. Sure. And they'll they'll panic email me. And I'll say, no, we don't do interviews. (laughs) Everyone is considered right up until, you know, match day. So, yes, we do have a, a, a program. All the programs in Massachusetts are quite friendly with each other, and there's a, another program in Massachusetts that has just started doing Skype interviews, and they have said that it's game-changing for them. So it's something that I'm considering in the back of my mind, but uh, right now we just can't incorporate that into our, our screening process. Sure, that's understandable. Yeah. Um, so what do you wish students knew about applying or about the internship in general? So with regard to applying, I really want students to remember that their personal statement is really the only part of their application where they can express who they are, what they're looking for, and why they would be a great intern for that particular program. I tell everyone who comes for an information session here that I expect to see in their personal statement, in addition to answering the die-cast prompts about short-term and long-term goals and um, what, you know, why they chose nutrition and things like that, there has to be a paragraph about why they are specifically applying to our program. Specifically, you know, that that helps me to understand that they understand what we offer here, that they are prepared and ready for it, and that they want it. Because again, if someone gets here and doesn't realize how clinical it was, and they're unhappy with all the time they're spending with sick patients, I'm gonna have an unhappy intern, and I do not want that. Right. You know, happy interns work hard, they like what they're doing, they treat our preceptors well, and they are grateful for every opportunity. But if I get someone here who's not a good match for our program, they're going to be miserable and that's going to make me unhappy. Yeah, and I think that you touched on something really important. I Several programs have additional questions that they want in their personal statement. Yep. And so you have to make sure and review the websites and find that information. It should be pretty easy to find on most websites what's required yep. in the application. Yep. And also, it's important to know that you can personalize your personal statement yes, depending on program. Yes, they should be personalizing. And I think that was is my main message is no matter where you apply, 
at some point in there, you are pitching to them why you would make a great intern for them. Not just why you'll be a great intern, but for them. You've, you've got to know that program. You understand what they're looking for, and here's why I would be a good fit for you. You're helping the directors. You're helping them out by you know, connecting those dots for them. Because otherwise, they're reading between the lines and references and trying to understand who you are in your less specific, vague personal statement. Yes, that is such key advice. Part of the the personal statement, I know students labor over it. There are certain paragraphs that don't need to change, no matter where you're sending it. But there's that one paragraph about that program that needs to be original for each program that you apply to. Definitely. All right, and an additional question, because we are talking about checking the website and, you know, finding information about the program to make sure it's a good fit. What should students know about contacting program directors or coordinators to inquire about their programs? So that's a great question, and I would say that it is important that when you are reaching out for the first time that you're not just reaching out so that your name is in their inbox and it will be like name recognition if that's what you're going for you should be contacting them for purpose so do not contact a director or a program coordinator without first familiarizing yourself with their website because what you'll end up doing is asking a question that is easily answered on the website and then they say to themselves well this person's not very resourceful you know they you know, email the director with a question that's answered literally in the second line of the first page of our website. So really get to know programs and then ask second level questions, things that you want to know more about. For instance, I get a lot of emails asking about one of our special rotations, which is called Plan Your Own. It's like a do-it-yourself rotation. And we've had this rotation for a couple of decades where the intern has a couple of weeks that they literally plan this themselves. And we have very few parameters for it, except that the content of the rotation has to be nutrition related and we have to have a contract signed with wherever they go. But we have had interns uh, spend time in a uh, cooking, the Cook's Illustrated Test Kitchen. They've gone to the Shriners Burns Hospital for Children's. They've gone, we had one intern who was really interested in legislative policy and went and spent a week with the academy's, uh, what are they called, Um, lobbyists, the academy's hired lobbyist representing all the academy's issues in Washington, D.C., and my intern followed her around for a week and went to all of her meetings on the Hill and everything. Um, So really anything goes. And so I get a lot of emails asking about what other kinds of experiences interns have done. There's a few examples on the website, but I don't have every example there. So they're very interested in that and want to know more. Yeah, those are some great experiences that your students have access to. I want to add a second piece of advice for reaching out to program directors is it should be supremely professional. And, you know, I kind of, when I do this talk about how to put together a great application, I put up this funny slide that is this terrible email message that is written in text language, and there's smiley faces and exclamation points and misspellings of words. Um, And it's just an example, an extreme example of how not to communicate with a DI director. Make sure that you know their surname and that you spell it correctly. Make sure that you address them as a Ms. or a doctor, depending on, you know, what's more appropriate for their role. Uh, and then, you know, reread and reread your email before you hit send so that you don't accidentally make some embarrassing typo. 
Yeah, that's definitely great advice. All right. Well, Julie, is there anything that I forgot to ask or I should have asked or anything else that you want to add? I just want to add for any student who might be listening and who might be overwhelmed and stressed out about this whole process is it is it is so important to understand that if you want a dietetic internship, you'll get one. You may not get the direct straight line path that you want, but if you want to get to the end of this path and become an RD, it will happen. You just need to figure out what's the best path for you. And if you're feeling like it's a little cloudy and you don't quite feel like like you maybe need more guidance and your advisor's overwhelmed and they you know aren't in a position to help you, it's great to find a dietitian mentor, somebody who's already working in the field. Every dietitian had to seek a dietetic internship at one point in their life. And so they are a great sounding board and a great person to sort of give you advice and give you encouragement and help you really uh, frame, you know, your best application so that you are putting your best foot forward through the application process. And it is uh, much a relief to have somebody who's already in the field, you know, sort of helping you with that process. Yeah, that's great, Julie. I Thank you so much for your You're time welcome. today and sure. for talking with us and providing such great insights to You're students welcome. as they start their journey or continue their journey. Yes, yep. All right, Jen. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking with students, and I really encourage anyone to get a mentor if they, uh, if they are seeking one. Thank you for listening to the Jennifer Hernandez RD Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the information provided in this episode. Do you know someone who is making a difference in the field of dietetics, and you would like their message to be shared? I would love for you to introduce me to that person. If you would like to connect on other levels, open up your podcast app and click on the episode description. You will see all of the relevant links there to the website and social media accounts.